Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like how God, no one at all, gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Hey, 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 it's Pastor T here. We are here to talk about about face. Follow the YouTube link in the description uh, to check that word out. It is so good, friends. It will blow your mind. So I'm here to talk with him about some of the quotes that he said. Pastor Dave, thank you so much for hanging out with us. You're welcome. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk with you. And we live together and we talk together a lot. I always appreciate the opportunity just to talk to you about things of the Lord and spend more time with you. Well, thank you. Yeah. That makes me feel good. I'm going to bring a quote that you said. And you said last time, you know, you always get chills. I do. I do get say, a little, You said this. I get a little nervous when someone's like, listen, Pastor, you said. <laughs> and then I'm like. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, you really challenged us in that word. There was some spice on it. And I personally like that because if it doesn't challenge me, it doesn't change me. And I know when Jesus comes, we're both supposed to be like him. That means one of us is changing. (laughs) Right. going to be him. (laughs) Right. He's the same (laughs) yesterday, today, and forever. Exactly. (laughs) doesn't leave much wiggle room for the rest of us, does it? (laughs) So I need to change. What you said was, and what was challenging, God is not asleep at the wheel. You are. Oh, did I say that? You did. You said our responsibility is to seek, search, pray, and ask God to affect the earth. If God's will is not being wrought in the earth, it falls on our shoulders as stewards of the word. Oh, that's a... That's tough. Ooh, that was meat. That that was for mature ears only. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Rated M. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But you really challenged us in our prayer life. You challenged us to intercede. You told us, don't complain about the state of things. (laughs) Intercede. And we do that. That's like our first go-to is to whine about stuff. Yeah. Like I am so guilty of it. That's why it challenged me so big. I, I swear I was sitting in the front row and I just groaned when he said that <laughs> and then i said aye aye lord <laughs> but we do i do i complain i see something and i whine about it why do we complain about things like what what good does that do for us you know the bible is pretty explicit about what it is to murmur and complain mm-hmm. and the warnings in the in the word to avoid murmuring complaining fault finding bitterness those things are cancer man i think there's something about complaining that like scratches an itch for you sure know, you know like misery loves company yeah i think definitely it's it can be traced back to our sin nature that we just you know we want to we want to complain well we are it seems so hardwired for the negative maybe it's that self-righteousness in us trying to call out a judgment on something that we see one other reason why we complain is not only does it scratch that itch like you talked about but it's so ingrained in our day-to-day habit turn on this you know news media outlet and it's just going to give me all this fuel to complain it's just going to feed that stoke that fire that's really the deceiving thing about commiserating and and complaining with another person you know you spend 30 or 40 minutes on a phone call complaining about 
whatever the thing is, you know, the, the price of coffee, like whatever, it doesn't matter. And then you get to the end of the phone call and you're like, well, did we solve all the world's problems? <laughs> and the answer is always no. You know, did the, did the price of coffee go down? No, it didn't. We're just complaining about it. Right. And, and it seems to me when people complain, and I don't know if it's like from childhood up, but it seems to be a way that we get attention it self-elevates. Mm-hmm. Like if I complain about something, it's almost like, look how educated I am on this topic. Yeah. Look how smart I am about this thing. Or if it were me, this is how I would run things. And, and wouldn't it be so much better if it, if it were run the way that I do? So it, it really is an exercise of self-righteousness. Right. And uh, look how angry she is about this. Let's all try to make them not angry. Mm. Well, that's dangerous ground. It, it really is. Yeah, you know, the, the Bible is very clear that the believers of God should avoid the temptation to murmur and complain. And that happens in, in the smallest ways is where we exercise so that we're prepared for the bigger ways. So uh, some of the smaller ways that you can avoid murmuring or complaining is those little things that you say under your breath about your spouse or about, you know, the, the state of your home, you know, it's not clean or this isn't getting done or if so-and-so would just do such and such. You have these like little things that are kind of the push-ups and sit-ups in that regard. And then you get to the bigger things, you know, when somebody takes the stage on some media platform and says, well, this is what's happening in the White House. And uh, all of a sudden you're tempted to start really complaining and, mm-hmm. and making people aware of, of your discontent and yeah and some people even take a lot of time and create these really well-crafted posts that they put on the socials as stewards of time there there will be a day when we're held accountable for how we spent our time and you know I, I don't know I, I kind of feel like that that you know 1950s grandma like you know is that what you want to be caught doing when Jesus comes back <laughs> I kind of feel like that when I say things like this but it's like can you imagine standing in front of God or an angel of God and him going hey you spent 30 minutes trying to figure out the best way to talk bad about this burger restaurant mm. do you think that was a good use of your time or he says give me your iPhone let's see how you've been spending your time so if someone came to you and they said Pastor Dave I want to pray and I want to intercede for like my country or my family or, or whatever. But they're like, I don't know how to approach God with this. How would you advise them to do so? How can we make strategic intercessory prayer? Let's just say that you scratch that itch and you complain for five minutes. My challenge would be for you to then pray for 10 minutes mm-hmm. about the thing that you were just complaining about for five. Mm-hmm. So if you want to complain about it, fine, <laughs> complain about it, but start the timer. But I think your question was, what kind of advice would I give to somebody who, who wants to approach God? How can we make strategic, is that what you said, strategic yeah. intercessory prayer? So I think the first thing is to ask God for a heart of compassion. You know, one of my favorite promises in the Bible was uh, where God said that he would uh, remove our stony heart and give us a heart of flesh and blood. The Bible says to look inside first, to, to look in first. And so I'm going to look in and ask God to give me a heart of compassion. Um, right up at the top is, is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues. I think praying in tongues is probably A1, the, mo- the most important thing that you can do when it comes to strategic prayer. The Bible says that many times we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit will help us with groanings. He, he will help us to pray for the things that we don't know how to pray about. And so often I will introduce a prayer to God in in my known language, the language that makes sense to me. Like, God, I want to pray for X, Y, or Z. 
and this is what's on my heart. And then I immediately turn over and start praying in the spirit. And I pray in the spirit for any given amount of time. And that time it ends when the burden in my heart lifts. I heard an old preacher once say uh, regarding uh, speaking in tongues and, and, and being baptized in the spirit because it's not a known language. It's not something that you know what you're saying. You, you, you don't um, understand these words. But he said that praying in the spirit and speaking in tongues is like planting a garden where the devil doesn't even know there's dirt. Exactly. That's so good. Yeah, that's whoever you're listening to. Keep listening to that person. <laughs> that, yeah, that's really good. And it is. It's like it's speaking on an encrypted line. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be empowered for the work of Christian service. And, and I honestly don't know how a Christian can really live anything beyond a mediocre Christian life right. uh, without the empowerment of, of the Holy Spirit. And the only way we know that we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is the ability to speak in tongues. Praying in the Spirit forces me to have active faith. And so now I'm, I'm praying, which is God's will, for me to be a steward of this place and to pray and to intercede and travail for the things that I see. So I'm, I'm already actively in God's will, but now I'm also acting in faith, which moves the heart of God. Mm. Faith moves God's heart. He's, the word says that it's faith that pleases God. We have a right. faith God, and it takes faith to please him. And speaking in tongues is, is just that. It's a, it's a total act of faith. It's kind of hot button talks to say, you know, it's not about religion. It's about relationship, mm -hmm. right? That is, that's a very common phrase uh, used in, in Christianity and, and around churches. So to saying that it's, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. Well, prayer is kind of opening the door to that relationship. You bet. Prayer is communication, right? Right. So if we're communicating with God, we are creating relationship. I remember you were sharing uh, one time, I think it might have been on a podcast, actually, uh, when you and I had first started courting and we would talk to each other on the phone for like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. I remember sometimes we would fall asleep on the phone. Do you remember yeah, that? We did. Yeah, like you would fall asleep or I would fall asleep <laughs> and it'd be like We just keep the line. Twenty up. minutes later you'd wake up and you'd be like, Oh, I think I dozed off and I'd be like, Yeah, it was okay. I was just rambling about such and such and they'd be like, Oh, well, catch me up. What were you saying? <laughs> it's similar, right? It's not exactly the same, but it's similar with God. We should be in communication with him and that's really what develops a relationship. You said God is not asleep at the wheel. You are. Our responsibility is to seek, search, pray, and ask God to affect the earth. If God's will is not being wrought in the earth, it falls on our shoulders as stewards of the word. In that quote, you called us stewards of the word. Right. So how can we steward the word of God? The first one is obedience. It's, it's not a small thing. Obedience is a big thing in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, God doesn't want us to be robots. He wants us to willingly choose to be obedient. And, and the real blessing is when we lovingly choose obedience, when we obey, not just because God said so, be, but because we want to. We want to be right, obedient because to God. Because pleasing him drives us. Because pleasing him drives us. Exactly. That's so well said. Yeah, because we're driven by this idea, like we want to put a smile on our daddy's face. Yeah. The next best way would be to model it. We steward God's word by modeling God's word. So what do I mean by modeling? I mean, live the example. One of my favorite and driving scriptures is uh, Paul teaching Timothy. He says, listen, Tim, don't, don't 
let those people make you feel ashamed because you're young, mm-hmm. but set an example for these people in your speech, in your faith, in your love, and in your purity. Set the example. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for old or young or married or single or wherever we are, we have an opportunity to set the example. Another way we can steward God's word is to be faithful about how, how we study it, to be faithful in our approach to God's word. To be a steward of God's word means we first have to know God's word. And if we don't know God's word, how can we possibly steward something that we don't, we don't know that we've, we've got access to? So it's really important to study your word. And I don't just mean, okay, so sometimes it's a big step to even get people to, to read their Bible. And I'm not just talking about reading your Bible here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you guys a little bit higher. So, yes, you should be reading your Bible, okay, but you need to also be studying your Bible with purpose, not just like, oh, I'm going to go here, play Bible roulette, I'm going to read out of this book, or I'm going to read this whole book, and the real issue with that, and I understand the real issue with that is that there isn't a whole lot of really good teaching about how to study your Bible and and really how to kind of systematically go through your word, but the Bible says that, that we're supposed to be workmen of the word that we're supposed to rightly divide the word of God. Mm. And there's no way we can figure out how to rightly divide the word without getting in there and studying it. So being a good steward of God's word means I'm obedient to it. It means I model it. And it, it means I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a student of it. I study it. And, and I allow that thing to kind of permeate who I am and how I live. Thank you so much. I'm going to recap really quick here. Strategic intercessory prayer. Have compassion. Pray in compassion, travail, and then be baptized in the Spirit. This is how you can make great strategic intercessory prayer. Uh, To be a good steward of the Word, we need to be obedient. We need to set the example, and we need to be faithful to our study of the Word. Pastor Dave, thank you so much for this insight. It's been a pleasure. The message is called About Face. It is the first message of a three-part series called What is Judgment? If you would like to hear that message, follow the link in the description. You can catch the rest of these discussions on all major podcast outlets. Once again, thank you, peeps, for being here, and we will catch you up next time. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Tower, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one like-